It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com and please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I certainly get around playing a lot of tournaments and how this all started for me, well, you have to go way back to when I was a teenager or even before that, playing in arcades and, of course, pinball machines were fantastic. They had video games, too, at the time of Space Invaders and Pac-Man, but pinball games, you could put a quarter in and if you were lucky, maybe you were good enough to win a free game or get a match and that quarter would last a lot longer. Well, as we know, arcades kind of went goodbye and once video games became more popular and pinball machines were maybe harder to fix and even companies like Williams said, you know what, we can make more money doing slot machines, we lost the arcades. Thank God here in 2019 and over the last few years, we're seeing more and more arcades pop up because that will get more people interested in pinball. Things like the IFPA certainly grow the tournament players and the competition, but it is the owners and the operators that are the lifeline of the future of pinball. So I'm going to, in 2019, make sure that I talk to more owners and operators. In fact, if you know some, please email me, again, pinballprofile at gmail.com, because, again, we want to promote these places of pinball that are very, very important for people to be exposed to it for the first time. I'm here at one such place right now. You can probably hear some stuff in the background. The place is called Pinup Arcade Bar, and we are in Waterloo, Ontario, so just about an hour west of Toronto. And... I've known this owner-operator for a few years. He owns a few different places. We'll talk about that in a second. Che Kernu. Che, you've been open for a year here now, roughly. And what this format is, is a lot of great pinball machines. You'll see the pictures on our Facebook page, but a lot of great classic video games. You've got Donkey Kong, you've got Tron, you've got Burger Time, and you've got the Dance Dance Revolutions. What made you decide to open this pinup? Uh, I've been collecting games for about, five, oh, I guess longer than that now, with seven, eight years. Uh, mainly pinball, but I was always enjoyed video games. I went to hung out in arcades as a kid, and uh, yeah, just really enjoyed it. And I have another location in Guelph, like you mentioned, and I've been running pinball machines and video games there for seven years, and people really liked it, and it went well. And uh, yeah, I live in Waterloo, so I wanted to do a place in Waterloo. So Pablo's is the place we're talking about in Guelph, and it's a big university town, so it's right downtown, and there's a lot of action there, and certainly the bar scene is big, and then you probably sprinkled a few pinball machines in there, and wow, people are like, what are these? Yeah, so Guelph's a little different, because it's mainly like a live music bar, and then I had another side that was kind of holding tank for that, and it was sort of ripe to do something with, so we started adding games to it, and people really liked it. Now that's a traditional arcade in the sense, now it's actually a bar as you mentioned with bands, but it's a traditional arcade that we normally see where you pump your quarters, your dollars in. Where we're at right now with Pinup is a little bit different and we've talked to our good friend Dan Beeson about what he's done in Toronto with Tilt. This is kind of similar to Tilt in a way that you pay your admission to come in, which right now is $5, and everything, everything except the bar, is on free play. <laughs> yeah, the games are all on free play. It's a concept that Dan and I actually talked about for quite a bit before either of us really did it, and I uh, thought it'd be a great idea. So they uh, got their kind of first shot at a tilt in Toronto, and it uh, went really well there. And it, we do the same thing here. Gets a lot of people who are new to arcades. There's lots of young people who didn't experience arcades, like us old guys. And uh, Speak for yourself. <laughs> it gets them out and trying it, and it gets them trying all the games. In a coin drop setting, I found people are really timid 
especially to play pinball because they hadn't experienced it before. But in this environment where the games are free, pinball is the first thing they play. Isn't that interesting? Because you and I being older, and, and yes, we are older, <laughs> we are not afraid to try the pinball machines. I never thought of that mindset for some of the younger players that grew up on home video game systems, you know, playing at home on their PlayStations or whatever, Xbox. Pinball, they don't have these at home. So this is a, a neat novelty, and it's not exactly as easy as, okay, keep the ball alive. Like the older EMs and maybe some of the solid states, there's a lot of rule sets and things. So it's a little confusing to people to maybe put their dollars in. Yeah, even before you actually get to that point, they don't know how to start the game. Really? They often, like in the other location we have where it's coin drop, they don't understand that you have to put money in the game to start it. <laughs> hitting a start button, hitting the flippers to make the flippers activate. Like, all of that is new to them. Well, you've got a great lineup here, and just some of the games I'm thinking of, as you mentioned that point, would be Star Wars and Game of Thrones. So even if you do figure out how to start those games, then it tells you pick a house or pick a character. What, what, what? Yeah, those games are often really confusing for new players. They kind of sit there dumbfounded and smashing the flippers and waiting for something to happen. And they don't, under, they don't look at the screen. They don't understand that there's like a sequence to it. Speaking of smashing the flippers, now I know you and I were talking before about games at home. And you asked me, how often do I change my coils? And I said, well, if I buy a, a new, quote, used game and the flippers are weak, there's where I would do a flipper rebuild. And when I say me, I, I usually get uh, Ian or somebody else to help me out. That's not the case here at Pinup. I mean, you have a ton of brand new games. Deadpool, Iron Maiden, I uh, see ACDC, Star Wars, Guardians. These are just some of the games here. You have to do flipper rebuilds and other things too, don't you? Because of the volume of play. Yeah, a lot. I think when we first started tracking, we were seeing somewhere in the neighborhood of around 2,000 plays a week on games. And I only know that because the high scores would reset <laughs> and they would reset weekly. So if you had your like second or third place score, the grand champion would stay, but the other scores would get blown oh, away that, every week. It had to be because I got a high score on Star Wars and that has never, ever in my life happened. Uh, <laughs> maybe Daddy East, shoot the desktop, but not this one. <laughs> so as an owner operator, you've got a wide mix of games in here. I would assume some of the newer titles, especially the licensed themes, are the ones that attract newer players. Is that safe to say? Uh, you know what? They really, it's really a mix. They love the old EM machines. They're not as intimidating. They look really simple. Even though we know that they're actually tough games and they're pretty hard to play, uh, or to play well at least, they find those games really approachable. So sometimes those are the first games people go to. And it's really more about theme for those kinds of players than it is about how good the game is or how good the rules are. So a game like that, you know, pinball collectors like you guys will make fun of me for, having Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> for pinball players, they might not... They might not appreciate a game like that as much as, you know, kids born in the 90s who grew up playing Mario and loved that kind of game. Yeah, you were telling me you were thinking about buying monsters. You only have so much room here, and you have, I don't know, how many pinball machines are in there? Uh, I think we're up around 15 or 16 now. 15, 16. You said one's got to go, and the first thing I said was Super Mario Bros. You said, no, <laughs> no, 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 because I don't understand, and you're right. I'm a pinball tournament player. And yeah, that doesn't attract me, but that's not what this place pinup is all about. It's, I mean, we try to appeal to both audiences. Right? We, run, we do run a league here, we run tournaments here. We get a lot of pinball players out, but we also get a lot of people that are just kind of out curiously playing games. 
You mentioned you run tournaments, Che, and there's some... Uh, in fact, I think I ran a tournament here last February, the uh, Super Bowl weekend. Being such a jerk, I, I might have won it too, which is why I've never run another one here because my name is Mud around here. But a guy who does run not only tournaments and leagues here at this location and your Pablo's location in Guelph is my good friend Ian Harrower. And Ian, you know very well from obviously being one of the top players in the world and you see him on streams. He was just recently on Indisc and you've seen him at other Papa circuit events. Ian, how you doing, buddy? I'm uh, still recovering from uh, the provincial championships. It was a great disappointment to lose to the second best player in Ontario. I wasn't going to say anything. And you brought it up. The door is wide open. Congratulations to Adam Becker, who won the Ontario Championship. I think it was his fifth time, and no one was going to beat him that day. I was just happy to be second, and I had a tough, tough path to get there. John Flinton, who was a winner at Buffalo Pinball Summer Open in the Classics event, the second time he's won that in three years, he is a guy I never, ever, ever beat. Then I got to play you, Ian, which was kind of fun. We were glad to make it to that round and flip a coin. One day I'll win, one day you'll win. I just got lucky that day. And then uh, another player, Zeus, who uh, was the number one player in Ontario. I can't remember the last time I beat him and, and got lucky. So thank you for the accolades, Ian. Next year it'll be the other way around, I'm sure. Anyway, let's get back to the leagues here at Pinup. Now, do you want to explain how your leagues work for maybe somebody wanting to set up a, a league at an arcade like a Pinup? Yeah, so there were a few things we considered when we started this league. And most of all, what was important was I really wanted to draw new players in. There's a lot of leagues going on in the area. I take part in four different leagues. You know, I'm traveling for tournaments, but I wanted to expand the player base. That was what was really important. And there's a couple things we wanted. One, flexible start time. So we didn't want to lock people in to like playing against other people in a match play type format because take tonight for example. Some people started playing around 6.15, others started playing around 8.30. And I wanted to be able to work with people's schedules, their families and things like that. So that was one of the, the key factors was to have flexible start time. So we play a best game format. We find it is very approachable. It allows for flexible schedule. So we'll play six games each night. We make sure one of them is an EM because we want to give people a broad spectrum of experience on games. Pinball, to me, is about all of the generations. I love classics, and I want new players to experience all aspects of that. And so we'll play six nights, six games each night, and we'll count the best four out of those six and then play towards the final. And you use the great papa.org software that Joe Schober put together, which is available for anybody if you want to do a league. Yeah, so the software is really helpful. Um, we have players who love tracking stats, the amount of information that's available on the site. It's really easy to use. Joe is super helpful getting it set up. He, he did it really quickly when the person who was doing scores at the time ran into some problems, didn't understand the interface. Joe responded really quickly and helped us through all of our problems, and it's just been great. Uh, I set up a league that you and I are in, the TCPL on papa.org. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Trust me, right, Ian? Safe to say? Yeah, Jeff knows absolutely nothing about technology. <laughs> I don't even know how this podcast gets out. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, the truth be told, Ron Hallett certainly helped me out a lot from Slam Tilt back when this started, and I, I luckily remembered. Anyway, so you've got the league here. You've got the league. Same format also at Pablo's, too, with the six nights, best four count, best score, and then a playoff. But again, you are 
achieving the objective you wanted, which was to get new players, because I see some of the players in, and they're hooked. I talked to a guy today, and I can't remember his name, forgive me, that was talking about, I think I'm going to go to Pinburg, and I don't know if I'm going to go to the competition, but I'll go to Replay FX, and I said, well, you'll have a great time, and there is a tournament that you can play in the Intergalactic, so it's great to see this new player that you brought on at Pinup to now being maybe playing some competitive, and the next thing you know, he might buy a machine. It just it snowballs from there. Yeah, and it, there's a really good community here. There's a lot of new players there, and they've got a lot better in the last year. Like oh, playing yeah. in the last year, it's incredible to see the the speed at which they're improving. You know, there was some aspect of when we started the league, there was about four of us who were really competing for the top. And, you know, that was one of the concerns. It's one of the reasons we have a, a B division, like, for our finals, is to make sure that we're, people are playing pretty deep and have something to play for. Because everyone was like, oh, Ian's just going to win anyway. But now I'm not winning all the time. You know, there's a lot of strong players who are putting up good scores, and it's becoming tougher and tougher, which is great. And that's what we want to see. Well, a good problem to have here at Pinup Arcade Bar in Waterloo is... This place has a lot of people a lot of times. I mean, it's a snowy, snowy night right now, so it's a little quiet, but there were a lot of people here earlier. Yeah, it's been uh, kind of, we got busy right off the hop. I mean, it's a different concept for the area. Uh, as you know, there aren't a lot of arcades around, and there's not a lot of location gaming around. So this was a very kind of different experience for people, and they seem to really like it. We get a mix from young families coming out on our like weekends during the days or early in the evening uh, to, you know, when we transition to being a bar after 9 p.m., we get kind of good crowds and a good demographic, really wide. Are there any tips you can give some people? I know a lot of people in the pinball community that it's their dream to open up an arcade in different locations. You've had experience now twice putting machines in. I would suggest one of those tips is make sure you or someone you know is a great tech. Yeah, that's one definite thing is that you gotta, um, you can quickly get in over your head if you don't know how to fix the stuff. Um, the stuff is going to break. Well, even if you have new pinball machines, uh, there's a lot of consumable parts and they require a lot of upkeep. In a concept like this where the games are getting heavy play, uh, you're going to be doing regular maintenance. It's uh, next to impossible these days to find a full-time tech, if that's what you're looking for, to hire one. So unless you know how to do it yourself and are willing to kind of get your hands dirty with it, it uh, can be a pretty tough slog. Yeah, if you're an operator and you're on a coin drop and a game's down, well, that's revenue lost. I mean, you want the machines to be used for sure. You probably can't remember when you first started learning. It's like the back of your hand right now, but there are people out there like, okay, that's great that I need to be a good tech. How do I become a good tech? Yeah, so fortunately, there's a good community around. And uh, I have good friends that, like Dan Beeson, who has been operating for a long time. I've learned a ton from him. I still lean on him lots when I run get in over my head myself. And uh, uh, we kind of talk all the time and discuss like different problems we run into. People like Ian, who's also a collector and has had his own machines. Um, there's just lots of people around who've run into lots of different things, being able to talk to them and bounce ideas off them of kind of different problems you're having. Um, but yeah, you definitely be able to have, to be will have to be willing to get your hands dirty. I go back five years ago when I first started getting into this competitive pinball scene. It was 2014. I hadn't played a pinball machine in over 15 years. And someone said that there's a, a league on Facebook. And I said, okay, let me check this out. And I was in awe that some of these games I remember from my past were at this person's home and I was hooked. 
But five years ago, I don't recall there being many arcades or barcades or things like Pinup or like Tilton Toronto, like your Pablos in Guelph. I know that Pint just opened up in Toronto. They're popping up. The rec room is a big thing too. A little bit different, certainly not a pinball place, more about the redemption games. And that's certainly popular with the, the younger people, but we're seeing more and more of these. What made you decide to go this format versus maybe a redemption game or a coin drop when it came to pinup? Yeah, I mean, really, this is the kind of games that I enjoy. I collect pinball machines myself. I always liked arcades. I always liked the video games. Um, the redemption places are great for young families, and they have young kids who want to run around and play. But that's not the kind of place that really interested me to operate. And this is also, as you know, it's pinup arcade bar. And this concept lends itself lends itself Hold on a second. <laughs> Pardon, go ahead. <laughs> it lends itself to a good bar scene. So like after night at nine o'clock, the lights go down, the music goes up a little bit, and we get, uh, you know, we have DJs. We have DJ Mike bands. Burns. We DJ Mike Burns, <laughs> as well as some others. Uh, so yeah, it's a really kind of different scene than you'd expect to see at like a Palladium or a Rec Room. Ian, you've traveled around a lot to play pinball, and I know you've been at other league nights and things similar to this. I think of Sunshine, which I haven't been, in New York, and that's at that famous laundromat with great games, just like Che has here at Pinup. What's the atmosphere like there compared to Pinup for those who maybe been to Sunshine? Sunshine is a very unique experience, you know, set at the back of the laundromat. You, it's kind of this magical experience walking through that door, but the... The atmosphere here is much more friendly. It's much more approachable. Sunshine's games are set really hard. Tight tilts, I hear. Tight tilts, hard rules. Um, they're not very approachable games and the wrong coin drop. It's a beautiful collection of rare LEs. Um, Supreme. Yeah, there's a Supreme there. I think they just got a Beatles Platinum in. It's a great place to play pinball for pinball players but some of the best in the world play there and the games need to be hard and they need them to not play all night long when you're in a place like this where the games are on free play it's a lot and it, the games are set in a much more approachable way until i get my hands on them uh you know i get complaints around here but i, I need to balance things for league but it's nice che lets me che lets me set the games for league yeah you don't cut yourself short here well all you're doing is taking off extra balls maybe tournament modes but oh I, he tightens I, the tilts oh does he <laughs> I, I didn't find that too bad I, I tilted on walking dead i tilted on uh guardians too uh so um I gave them a good shove. I, I didn't think they were too tight. Yeah, the games are playable, but we, we've balanced it over time. Like, between trying to make it accessible and playable for league play, we've removed some post rubbers, we've left some post rubbers in. I think we've found a good balance here where I can run a league and get through the night uh, without making too much frustration for people walking in off the street. Leagues, I think, for tournament players are where it starts I think I know it was for me maybe and that's not safe to say it's it's the same for everyone else but it was just being able to see a variety of different games interacting with people a little bit of competition certainly a friendly atmosphere and also the ability to ask hey what do you do on this game in tournaments it's a little bit different as you know Ian most people know what they're doing so maybe some locals that are there oh what's this I'll I'll, I'll play or it was part of my entry but for the most part it's a different atmosphere but I think the genesis came from leagues I think that's where it all started yeah like I think that we're teaching a lot of people how to play 
Like, I am, anyone who knows me knows I will never stop talking about rules. You know, you find me. Hey, I, that's, that's one of my reasons I like you so much is because you helped me out with that and others. And like the players here, I will sit and I will explain, well not sit, I will stand and I will explain uh, like every little bit of strategy from, hey, I want to step up to this machine and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I can be like, try to do bash sparky, try to get that multi-ball going. But then as players get better and we start talking about technique and moving towards, well, how do you get crank it up? How do you progress towards this? How, what is my risk reward? How should I think about these things? This is one of the reasons the players are getting better is they're learning and they're pushing this stuff. Che, what makes you decide in your two places? And again, we're talking pinup in Waterloo, which everything is on free play. Pablo's in Guelph, which is a coin drop. What makes you decide which games are best for each arcade? Oh, that's a tough question. So, like I said before, it's a lot about theme, right? So, as far as pinball machines go, like a game that doesn't get a lot of love from pinball players, like Mario Brothers or like Street Fighter Two, um, the general public loves those games. All right. So, when we're looking at pinball machines, I try to balance that out and having like some games that are just kind of going to be popular with non-pinball players, to then having games that are good with deep rule sets and challenging for pinball players and then as far as video games go honestly i just picked the stuff that i loved as a kid <laughs> yeah a great collection here and we've taken some pictures again they'll be up on facebook the reason i asked that question is i've been to both locations and the newer games you seem to have here in your free play location which i thought well does that pay for the games i wonder why you've done that versus the other location and I don't know the answer it's a really just a question it's not sarcasm in any way I don't know the answer why you would pick one over the other when it comes to paying for the games yeah I mean it's two different cities and the things that'll be popular in Guelph aren't necessarily would be popular here and two different places like in Guelph you have Doogies and Pablo's and Doogies is a live music bar and it's been a live music bar for 20 years and people know it is that and Pablo's is sort of like a holding tank for that and it's people don't necessarily go there for an arcade experience they go there just to kind of have fun so for the most part they're just the, the games that are popular there basketball so a basketball oh, shooting game shot? yep so a pop a shot basketball it's the most popular thing in the place two minute drill a football game where you're throwing the ball through the holes super popular game shooting ice games. cold beer i've noticed is a really popular game too ice cold beer is very popular challenging different and like people like those sort of like quirky the game not the games. drinks well, both are popular, but the game is popular. People like those quirky games are different than other things that I've experienced. This could be trouble, and I've never admitted this on air, but here we go. I'm teeing it up, Ian. We'll see where you go with this. Ian, at either location, are people pretty kind to the machines? No, one's, no one gets violent or anything like that. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. Here's the answer. Go ahead. So... I think that in general, the majority of players are very respectful to the game. That's a good enough answer. You're done. <laughs> There's a, Che had a shack attack in at Pablo's for a while, and there was this one redheaded guy. There was no tilt bob in it, and he would just throw that game all over. That wasn't even what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I was thinking of the EM. I was thinking of that too, actually. There Go was ahead. a redheaded guy who happened to smash a playfield glass on the game. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I'll let you explain it. If I don't like your answer, I'll edit it. What happened that night, Ian? Um, 
Well, so Jeff was a little frustrated. He gave a little, a gentle, a gentle tap on the lock bar. Are you being serious? Hit. Like, it, how it hard was, was the hit? It was a moderate hit on the lock bar. It wasn't a huge frustration smash, but there was a little bit of frustration yep. there. And the glass shattered into the machine. Now, the operator, uh, it was Dan, who, Dan Beeson. Dan Beeson, who's with, uh, operates with Che there. Um, Jeff was really worried that Dan was going to be really upset here. Um, Offered to pay for it immediately. Uh, turns out it wasn't uh, tempered glass, and so Dan was relieved to discover that, because uh, that was a dangerous situation waiting to happen. So here's the moral, kids, uh, if you're listening. I did a service to an owner-operator by smashing a non-tempered glass because he said, Jeff, I'm glad you did it on a quiet Tuesday night versus a busy Friday night by some drunk who did it, and, and no damage was done, just some, you know, some vacuuming of, yeah. of glass and... I think I did cut my hand, and uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the lawsuit's still pending. Anyway, he was actually happy because he didn't know it was tempered or not, and he said, I'm glad it happened. It, he said it would happen to me, it would happen to somebody else, so uh, glad that happened. So you're welcome, Dan, and you're welcome, Che. <laughs> it was probably the best way we could have found that out, so. <laughs> it still made me feel like crap. I was like, oh, God. I, I think I immediately called uh, my buddy Phil, and I won't say his last name, and said, hey. <laughs> Hey, uh, is there a broken glass club? Uh, anyway. Che broke a glass last week. What? I did break a glass did last week. Did you drop it? But I didn't break it by hitting it or dropping it. Um, just a piece of glass that's been in the game for a long time and has probably taken a bunch of hits. And removing it from the game and holding it in my hands, it actually exploded in my hands. You're the Hulk! <laughs> I've heard from other people in the pinball community, Che, that some cities, some places, I know Montreal had a concern about that. Adam was telling me about uh, North Star. Uh, there are certain licenses and laws in certain cities as far as having coin-op machines. Yours are on free play, so I'm sure that doesn't matter here, but tell me, have you come across any of those laws? Yeah, that's actually a great question, Jeff. The uh, So, one piece of advice to anyone looking at doing this is look at what your city's bylaws are, um, because it's different for every city. Uh, in a place like Waterloo, for instance, you have to fit within specific zoning parameters to actually have more than two pinball or machines or video games. Is it based on schools? Uh, so it's based on a whole bunch of different criteria that was set back in the 80s. Part of it's proximity to a high school, proximity to resident, uh, residential areas. Um, so there's a bunch of different pieces that go, in, go into that. Uh, but for instance, I looked at a place before we opened this that was maybe two blocks up the road that did not have the right zoning. Um, and so I, if I was going to locate there, I would have had to jump through some hoops and work with the city and get some exceptions to actually do it. And since I've opened this, I've gotten calls from uh, people in different areas, someone up in Barrie who was looking at opening a place, asking for advice. Some of them before they tried to open and some of them after they already bought a place. Oh my. And then found out they were gonna have problems with the city and that they didn't fit into the, into the um, city bylaws. Well, everything's up to code here. You've got uh, plenty of uh, washrooms, a lot of space, your capacity. Uh, more than one fire escape. The real one, should there actually be a flame, but the game fire escape, which is a rare video game. Do you want to explain that? Uh, I'll let you, Ian, talk about because I know you've played it a few times. Yeah, so it's it has a lot of similarities to uh, an ice-cold beer. It's 
It's a manip you're manipulating a ball bearing. I think it was actually a Canadian company that built oh, it, was it. Out of Buffalo, actually. Was that a Buffalo? Yeah. yeah so the, they're in this area, and they don't tend to span very far outside of the upstate New York, Ontario area. <laughs> and so you you manipulate, you turn a wheel, and it it manipulates physical ramps, kind of like speed coin. And you're trying to get this ball bearing out from the top down into the bottom safely. And it's a really cool physical game that I haven't seen anywhere outside of here. Yeah, apparently the reason why it's rare, and the story I've heard over and over again, is that the factory where they actually made that game had burned down. So, get out of here. <laughs> ironically enough, so most of them were destroyed. That is incredible. You've just uh, given me an idea for my end theme song. And we will end on that note. Ian Harrower, Che Kernu, here at Pin Up Arcade Bar here in Waterloo. And also check out Pablo's in Guelph if you're ever in the southwestern Ontario area. Guys, thanks very much. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I'm Jeff Teolis. Fire out!